Welcome back to New Persuasive Words. I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bork. And Bill, it's a Friday night, Friday late afternoon, just before 4 o'clock lights edition. Right, it's a little bit uh, earlier. You have a lot going on today. So. Not well, not much, but uh, Jason Michelli, who is something very much. Right, no, he's a fan. I'm going to be on the Crackers and Grape Juice podcast. He's very, no, he's a fan and a friend. He's a <laughs> He is a fan and a friend. You, you have more friends than and he, I know people. And he also um, routinely quotes us without attribution. Yeah, so... Uh, to people in the greater D.C. area, things he says in sermons or in... It would be nice for Baccalaureate him. talks or things... It would be nice for him just to give us at least a footnote, a mental footnote. Or money. <laughs> Either or way. bourbon. Either way. By the way, uh, and yes, thank you, this is very good bourbon. You this is the devil's cut. Yeah. <laughs> Very appropriate, very appropriate. We couldn't figure. I think we can't remember the devil's cut. Is that what goes in the air and in capture, or is that the stuff they get out of the barrel? at the bottom? We don't know. Yeah, so but I just messaged my wife something from Vote Spot, which is an app or something I follow, and I think we're going to get private liquor stores. It's in the legislature right now. You're going to get one yourself? No, I mean Pennsylvania. Oh, oh they're finally going to get one. Right. Well, they're working on it. Work on it. Uh, which but there's actually live legislation and one license per 6,000 people in the per capita. I mean, we could open one in the bunker. We could. We could. Uh, which will go along with the fact that we have signed the Paris. Yeah. And this is going to go on our Facebook page. <laughs> we are downloading this and we are actually going to put our signatures on it. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Paris Court, uh, and it looks like it's breaking out all over the country. So it's and fine. it's dimly lit as it is down here. You know, we're not using those like light bulbs that they stockpiled before them. They regulate. We have all we have all like low powered light bulbs down here. I'll tell you that's dead. no. Uh, yeah, we want to thank President Bannon for that uh, getting us out of that. Uh, we can stand solidarity with Nicaragua. And what's the other? And Syria. Syria. <laughs> That's right, Syria. Syria. <laughs> only, only, only three countries in the world now are not participating in the, in the, in the voluntary peace or Paris Accord on climate. It's not even a treaty. It wasn't mandatory. It's something we voluntarily were involved in. Right. We, we, we could have just renegotiated our own. Like we could have just said we're changing our metrics. It was just basically everybody was saying, hey, we're all basically raping the planet. Let's all be a little bit less of an asshole. And that means whatever you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday, the uh, the American public got a full dosage of opiates over the air. I mean, you yeah. know, talking about the opium of the masses, uh, dulling, you know, making a big deal about nothing. And what was lovely with a nice jazz ensemble in the background, that is, I think it was, the, uh, was it the Navy jazz ensemble? They were actually pretty good. But we're play, this playing jazz as uh, we were aligning ourselves with Nicaragua and Syria. I mean, that, I mean, making America great again. I mean, great for all times. I mean, Nicaragua, Syria, these are. So President Bannon has, uh, is continuing to lead us. Uh, now Angela Merkel not only is the leader of the free world, but it looks like our new pre- the new president of France not only stood Putin down while he was standing beside him, but is seeking to make the the earth great again, a little bigger vision than uh, President Bannon and his uh, puppet. Yeah, Don't dismiss the, the existential and professional value of dating a cougar. Because Marcone, like, <laughs> he dated like his high school I, English teacher. He, well, yeah, I mean. And she's like, still a handsome one. She's a yeah, lovely there, woman. I, just, we should say there are some people in jail for that in this country, but, uh, but that's okay. Well, in this country, don't do it. Or if you're going to do it, do it in West Virginia. But, I mean, I'm just saying, in, 
in certain in certain cultures. No, she and, 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 yeah, and the fact you know the interesting thing they did say that uh, people were making a big deal about that, but they didn't make a big deal about uh, Trump. It's the exact same age difference between his wife and himself and and uh, Trump and Melania. Yeah, there's just that. Oh, there's a lot going on in the world right now, yeah. but at least we are. Um, Abiding by the Paris Accords, along with all the mayors of, and actually several of the mayors of major cities. Yeah, I, I was, I'd I, like to say they thought about reaching out to us. <laughs> well, I am a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. I, I, I can't. Doesn't feel that gives me a right to speak for the city of Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh is speaking for itself. Um, by the way, let's just note that Allegheny County went resoundingly for Hillary Clinton. I mean, it was like right. uh, over a hundred thousand votes. Right, that's not a huge. I think 500,000 or 600,000 people voted. It went like over 100,000. It was not a razor-thin margin. So, right. Yeah, the, the myth too also. The, the, what are there, only 52,000 jobs in coal in this country, something yeah. like that? And what's the number for renewable resources, like over half a million? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and growing, and, and growing. growing. So, and they're going to be making solar panel, panels in China. Yeah, China, you know, in terms of it, uh, we, we pull out of the uh, Asian Accords. So China, the world's wide open for China and Russia right now to be the, uh, to make money off of our isolationism. Yeah. You know, but in all seriousness, though. Like, Charles Lindbergh okay. somewhere is happy. In all seriousness, let's just say for a minute, we, this is not our topic for the day, even though we're five minutes in, which has become our custom. This is like. On Friday, we give ourselves a pass on Friday. Well, we give ourselves a pass every time. That's true. Well, but, you said that we may need to actually have a. Music interlude. Yeah. So we're right. actually talking about innovations on the show. You guys are being good to us. The audience is growing. So we are actually uh, in R and you know uh, R and D right now, research and development on all kinds of different things. We might be adding and also to we show. might open up a Patreon account. So we're thinking about just because there are expenses in the car to do this kind of thing, and um, not the least of which is Bill and I's talent and brain power, which is worth at least seventy five cents an hour. Uh, but. <laughs> Please, don't, <laughs> let, don't let that number get out. Yeah, yeah. I, people actually are hiring me as an expert. Uh, yeah. But we, we're thinking about, you know, uh, so, hey, message us on Facebook or email us or something and tell us, hey, is this a good idea, bad idea? Would you pay like a dollar an episode or something? Like, would you, you know, would anybody do that? Like, if you would, let us know. We're even thinking about printing up T-shirts. Yeah, one of our listeners thinks we should have T-shirts. Yeah. So it begins the... It begins the slow, yeah, the commercialization of <laughs> das Kapital. But I just want to say, in all seriousness, right? Like, I think let's offer a moment of serious political commentary. And 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 this is non-part. I mean, I feel like or this is not radically ideological. Symbols matter, and I think absolutely, it matter. is fair to say that the Paris Accord is symbolic, right? In the sense of nations get to set their own metrics. It's non-enforceable, but symbols matter in that. It, Symbols, even on, especially in the age of symbol social media, symbols often wind up igniting real social change. And, and, and so part of the thing that he, is fascinating here is that it would cost nothing to stay in this, right? right? And, and we could even dial down or if we needed to do that. But we're bragging about how we're the best. We're huge. We're the best at the missions and everything. We're the huge. It would really it just – it's almost like – Trump knows symbols matter, and it's like well, the symbol here or, is. Or, and Bannon knows even. Yeah, more. well, it's President Bannon. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, President Bannon, <laughs> comrade, um, comrade Trump, comrade President Trump, Bannon. President Bannon. Yeah, I mean, these are uh, 
these are things that that matter and the world does look to america we we get a season of our for all our problems and we're a self-critical people uh which is interesting because we're viewed as nationalistic but at the same time we've always been mixed yeah we're a very self-critical we're, people we're, we're both we're always um yeah it's it's a it's an interesting about us we actually uh do have real ideals and do care about the world with one hand yeah <laughs> and but the other hand is is sometimes doing nefarious things yeah and part of it part of the reason i think we're suited for that role in the world in the seasons we, we don't have a long history you know we can't go we, look back to myths of king arthur or julius caesar or a great persian society we you know well, we yeah. got but we got ben franklin and some really smart guys a couple hundred years ago we but our 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 our, our purchases ideas and ideals right i mean it was a comp you know it was we were a combination founded on a combination of uh economic you know risk if you would trying to make money and also seeking patreon freedom. account well <laughs> But but seeking, I mean, it was both end. I mean, and sometimes on the same boat. You know, you had people that were, you know, doing speculative economic adventures in the new world with people who were coming here to to establish their own way of thinking, living, and praying. So, and people that had, you know, to get away from. Ironically, we have a probably a, a more ceilings in our class system now uh, than than the Europe. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that our Europe, yeah. that our people, yeah. that our people. They're that moving are, in the opposite direction. Yeah, that our, I mean, that, that our, yeah. you know, the ancestors, you know, what my ancestors fled, a burned out, you know, feudal post, um, you know, 30 year war Germany to try to come here to have some freedom of conscience and have land and have an opportunity of, you know, to, to make a new life. And uh, so at any rate, it's an interesting time. And I, I agree with you. And I think, Coupled with the bad, all the bad symbols, I mean, all, if you're if, in the realm of symbols, all the symbols of that, uh, the trip to Saudi Arabia and then to Europe, I mean, embracing, uh, embracing a feudal royal family that actually supports one of the most fundamentalist radical views of Islam that exist, uh, and then snubbing our European allies. I, I think... And that, the commerce secretary it was amazing. There were no protesters out in the Saudi streets. Yeah, because it's <laughs> illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I know, I, I think, again, um, you know, we have gotten criti criticized, which usually when it's we get criticized, it's, it's you. me gets criticized. Get criticized. I mean, we our, our political views are probably it's the so same. A couple of things. So I'm thinking of a couple ideas are brewing for my Patreon account idea. So one would be that we would take on a topic like if you if you sponsor us for like a dollar an episode or something uh we would maybe like an entry level is like you get a t-shirt and then the next level is you get or for a one-time gift or something you get to pick a topic and then the next level would be if you're a critic of bill you actually get to come on the show for a few minutes and just levy your criticism <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have to take. A I note. mean, what would it cost? What, what, what do you think the market value of criticizing you is? I don't know because for years people have been able to do it for free. So, right. I, so now we're monetizing it. I don't know, yeah. but but you get to be on the air and you are recorded for posterity. Yeah, so I think that definitely is. Worth and if you have a really good zinger, you could just replay it on social media, right? So we, I could even go like we could send this out to all the various people in the past who've wanted to do this to me. Could, this could be a pretty good fundraising effort. We don't want to give them too much incentive to put us into retirement. 
That's right. There's still some things we need to accomplish. So, well, also, by the way, before we close out on this, I was thinking, Steve, President Bannon, I want to be respectful. <laughs> President Bannon's worldview is based on a 1997 book. Is it the fourth turning? Well, it's, 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 it, it's, and then there's not another the only thing. It's well, not then the there's only another thing. novel that it's based on. What if we did two episodes? If we read those books quickly, there's a novel, I forget what it is, but it's basically that people from the Southern Hemisphere overwhelm Europe and Europe's heritage is lost. That's one. And the fourth turning is a historian's thing. That would be interesting to do. Yeah. Analyzing President Bannon's worldview. There we go. That could be. We may need, we may need more than your good bourbon to, to get through that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're but. in retail stores. <laughs> we might need the dad's hat. Uh, but, you know, uh, the overthrowing of symbols uh, actually kind of ties a little bit into the article. You we were kept talking. this on task today. That's yes. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I sent you this article from uh, – let me pull it up again. It's from a journal that I find fascinating. Is it IAS? Is that what it's called? I think that's how it's pronounced. This is what you don't see in the uh, – look at my history. <laughs> well, it's an article about what came became known as the Frankfurt School. Which both of us would like to know more about. Well, the, oh, there we go. I got it. Yeah. Um, and we read this article. Although, you know what? Uh, probably the most tragic, famous person of the Frankfurt School is Walter Benjamin, who um, died – Trying to escape the Nazis, he was uh, died in the Pyrenees, and uh, he was trying to get to Spain, but Franco's Spain closed the border, and so to this day, there's mystery whether or not Benjamin. I mean, the standard story is that he killed himself, and uh, but there's some theory that maybe the Soviet uh, KGB or whoever was the Soviet secret police at that time killed him, um, and there's a great poem in German uh, called. Uh, By the way, I just want to say to the. Is the secret police now the FSB, or do they work for the FSB? I don't know what the new. Don't kill is. us when you guys take over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. I'm sure that'll stop them right there. That that right there. That please. That, that right there. Uh, Putin said, "Okay, guys, he just called them off." We did. We had a Russian intro a couple weeks ago. We're trying. We're trying. We're trying to pay to play. <laughs> By the way, I had one person. I had one person text me said uh, he, she. Uh, uh, complimented uh, Lindy's attempt at, at the Russian intro. <laughs> Is she from Georgia? Yeah. I'm yeah, from Georgia. Yeah, one of our, our, our former under the... Well, Lindy's uh, using a Moscow dialect. There so. we go. Anyway, well, the fact that she was impressed that she could even could do it. So that there was, you go. There we go. But uh, Walter Benjamin famously kind of a... Matter of fact, you can, people make pilgrimages to this plaque that's on still there in the Pyrenees. And uh, he had a, in his briefcase, this letter briefcase, uh, that he had a work set that was more important than his life. And th that adds to the romance and the mystery because the work and the briefcase were never found. So uh, interesting guy, tragic figure of uh, a Jewish German who died on uh, on the border um, and is immortalized in the poem, uh, Benjamin in the Pyrenees. You can read the English translation as well as the German. Well, one could read the <laughs> Okay, wait a minute. One could. <laughs> I, I could read it with a good German dictionary. Yeah, I used to be able to, yeah. So, I mean, the Frankfurt School, uh, so this is the, uh, this is by, by the way, an article from the author's name is Stuart Walton. And I, I would encourage anybody to check this out. They, we've talked about some of their articles before. I mean, they, it's a very interesting journal. I mean, they produce some very intellectual stuff and it looks like they do it free of charge, which you do if you're trying to start the revolution. And well, yeah, it's, and it's good and really very, good it's analysis. It's always yeah, excellent yeah, analysis. Yeah. But, so this guy is talking about, um, 
the Frankfurt School and its, you know, its own legacy. And he says this, when reason enabled human beings to interpret the natural world around them in ways that ceased to frighten them, it was a liberating faculty of the mind. However, in the Frankfurt account, its fatal flaw was that it depended on domination on subjecting the external world to the process of abstract thought. Eventually, by a gradual process of trial and error, everything in the phenomenal world would be explained by scientific investigation, which would lay bare the previously hidden rules and principles by which it operated, and which could be demonstrated anew any number of times. The rationalizing faculty had thereby become, according to the Frankfurt philosophers, a tyrannical process through which all human experience of the world would be subject to infinitely repeatable rational explanation, a process in which reason had turned from being liberating to be the instrumental means of categorizing and classifying it infinitely various reality and is that what they call instrumental reasoning is what's the technical term they what happens where the enlightenment went i think they have a technical term for it which um let me put this in my words for those of us who philosophy is a second language um and you know the the enlightenment project the great uh, age of reason was to replace myth with rationality but part of what they they say is that no, they didn't replace myth. They they created a new myth. In other right. words, and this new myth is the sense of everything can be re, can be reduced down to analysis, reasonableness, and in some levels, it's the it's not without accident. The age of reason is also the industrial age and the technical yeah. revolution. And what it does is it actually uh, creates new gods. Really, I mean, it, it's it's an it's an interesting thing and. Part of what we're going through right now, whatever you want to call this postmodern moment or whatever, is on one level those the gods of reason are still the gods of the enlightenment are still very much in power, okay, and we feel the effects of those things by being disconnected from the earth. Uh, um, one of the interesting things I, I read, uh, Walter Benj Benjamin was talking about uh, <laughs> the public opinion becomes the the weapon of. Well, he was talking about the press, but we could talk about the mass media. The public, you know, the idea of public opinion becomes a weapon of, of the mass media to take away the individual opinion. Right, right, right. And, yeah. And, and yeah. so there's all these uh, meta things going on in the Enlightenment world that actually uh, create new bondages and also separate humanity from its organic context, both within community with relationships, but also between itself and the natural world. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, there's this great um, quote where they say that um, the transmutation, transmutation of collectivity into social media's connectivity is not the spontaneous production of free human beings. So, like, right. they're saying that, you know, this the Marxist ideal, and we're not Marxists here, despite what some of our listeners think, but, but there is something true in every worldview. And, like, most of us feel most free when we can act in spontaneity right we we can we can actually be subjects we can love and work and live and create. well like nietzsche said the the will to become what we were meant yeah, to be exactly yeah and so basically saying that you know like this 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 um it, there's this kind of marxist idea that the only way everybody will get to do this and not just the rich and famous is that if we act collectively and so they're saying that what we do because of social media and the internet and, and the, all the inner networked realities we live in now, that connectivity is not collective. Like, right. And actually, it probably leads to more alienation in some weird ways. And more, yeah, more alienation, more isolation. The other interesting thing is they critique, I mean, they, 
you know, this there's three generations of this school now. And so they they say that, you know, the um the Marxist idea just evolved in the Soviet Union to brute force and dictatorship. Right. But in the West, what happened was there was not a there was a rejection. You know, you didn't have the proletarian revolt. In reality, there's a new kind of servitude. We may have more food, we may have more toys, but the reality of it is we already mentioned it. That and again, I don't know why people I mean, it's the, the facts are of course this is part of what's the reaction to the gods of the Enlightenment is facts don't matter. Okay. But uh the fact is that we are a much more a stratified class culture than we've ever been. Uh, and so the ideal of even the American ideals cannot hold up against these forces of um, the new gods, if you would. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think that, you know, it's interesting. Marx never, Marx thought that he never thought that the revolution would happen in a place like Russia. I mean, like, no, no. It, 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 he thought you'd have to be, and he admired capitalism. He thought like on some level, it brought a lot of potential for human progress. He just thought its fruits would have to be shared. I mean, you know, like, it, so it, it wasn't, people are going to hate us now because they're going to call us communists, but it, we should do a, a thing on the communist manifesto because I feel like we should just explicate it because there are things there that are Marx commenting on the human condition. You don't have to be a Marxist to see his points. Well, but uh, you know, the trouble with, all right, let's say it because we're, we're folks. You know, it's, it's, I don't know why I'm saying we. Everyone's going to say Bill's a communist. Right, I didn't even say it. You're the one that said it. <laughs> yeah, Bill's you a communist. No, I mean, part of you could look at um, capitalism, let's say, as an extension of the Protestant work ethic or the Calvinistic work ethic. Yeah. It was always tied to community and, and the commonwealth. Yeah. And so there is a sense where individual uh, achievement industrialization was always under a number, first of all, it was under the sovereignty authority of God. So there was a sense where your work was sacred because that's you were a chosen person of God. So that was good and sacred and, and you could you could flourish, you know, there was not a hierarchy of jobs and work in the kingdom of God. So whatever you were, you could flourish in that. And then not only because that should set you free in some levels, your identity as a child of God should empower you not only to do well for yourself and take care of your family, but that industrious and that sense of freedom in God and in Christ should help you also take care of your community. So there was a sense where capitalism was not uh, in in or the Calvinist work ethic always made sure that the good, the common good, uh, was as important as the individual good. It's really interesting, too, because Ernst Trelch and his social teachings, the Christian church, and he hung out with Weber. I mean, and they lived together for a while, but their wives couldn't get along, which is always a problem if you're going to share right. a flat right. or something. Yeah, there we but, go. you know, Mar Weber thought that the Protestant work ethic was anxiety about whether you're elect or not. And Trelch said, no, actually, it's from the confidence it is, uh, uh, right. of that you're, that you're, you're free. And now you, you demonstrate the fruits of your election on the theater of God's glory. Absolutely. That's part of why there's always this kind of counterintuitive arrogance among Reformed people. Yeah. Because I think that's, it's the, there is that kind of, it's almost an unconscious confidence that comes from feeling you're the elect. And, uh, you know, one of the things I think... By that, the way, anybody that shits on Ernst Trelch without reading him, you can still give to our Patreon account. So. <laughs> But <laughs> and we might we might put but, we might put a curse jar. But we're we'll going to put a dollar. But we're going to put loser on your T-shirt. Yeah, no. But uh, I think the interesting thing about this is, for me, the interesting phenomena what they talk about is what one of these you know potential issues with this kind of the new gods of 
of reason is that the reaction is irrational. In other words, you don't. In other words, you don't. And, and your irrationality can take the guise of rationality yes. in all sorts of different forms. Right. Yeah, right. Because, of course, for instance, well, my, you know, where I think this is true, therefore it is. Or right. my, you know, or, you know, the inherent reason within a lot of, I mean, you know, anybody comes to your door trying to sell you an idea or a religion, they are very rational. And it becomes like the worst of Genesis 11. Like, let's make a name for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is. I mean, the Tower of Babel is alive and well in the United States of America in 2017. Well, we're in the bunker. So right. You can't get much lower than that. <laughs> No, right. I think, you know, it's interesting, though, because yeah, we're not even in the basement of the tower. <laughs> you know, I, I'm watching American Gods right now with Lindy, my lovely wife, and I'm really taken by this. I'm, I'm trying to write an essay about it. But I, what's interesting is in American Gods, the game and novel, which is now the stars or showcase, you were not trying to figure out the cable channels to get a cable deal. But um, the gods are they wind up being these instantiated and reified but real forces they're persons they become right. personified by people's belief in them and there's this one scene where the the main character is talking to the odin character who's the american odin because the vikings were here and they left it <laughs> you know they they fought enough that the, and leif erickson came back and there was just enough force on the continent that he was reified and he's naming all the gods and then all the jesus there's what there's many jesus's and the and odin goes there's lots of need for jesus in this culture yeah. <laughs> and he says and let me tell you mexican jesus one of my favorites he says it's not a stereotype his back actually was wet coming over he came with an immigrant in the rio grande 300 years ago yeah. <laughs> and he's, he just says but the, but what's different i think about it the God revealed in Holy Scripture in the story of Israel and Jesus is a God that serves the people. Like these gods, the gods we reify are gods that are animated like ourselves, on, right. on our sort of own hubris on most of our days. Yeah, it's it's what it's what yeah it's what polytheism. It's just humans bigger and acting worse than we do. Yeah, it, it's where I think it's actually where Christianity is actually maybe the ultimate demythologizing project in the sense of the revelation of the divine is capable of fragility and and, and, and even grants the possibility, like Bonhoeffer says, of godlessness. You know, when Bonhoeffer's thinking about modern godlessness, he says, what would we expect? What kind of story would we expect from a creator that allowed himself to be pushed outside and humiliated outside the camp? Yeah. Yeah. And this Sunday's Pentecost, so we certainly need some fire to come down. That's exactly. absolutely the case. But uh, this, uh, it is interesting to think more about uh, this framework um, with the Frankfurt School in terms of why, in some levels, even the battle of, you know, for instance, that's, that's we sometimes pit the battle of, uh, you know, we get accused of being aligned with the, you know, the East Coast intelligentsia. You do. <laughs> I'm a man of the people. You're the man of people, right? You're, yeah. I'm a populist. There we go. But at any rate, this idea, but it, that, in some levels, that is still holding up the Enlightenment ideal. Where in some levels, you have the reaction. It's not, it, it, there, it's an interesting thing because in some levels, it seems like what they're talking about, the current American political and populist situation, is the battlefield of such things. And then, and the reality is, both groups, have bought into a certain mythology that leads them perhaps a further away from what's right than something that's constructive and good and true. Yeah. And, you know, where do we go from there? We'll have to figure that out next week. Uh, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, come.
Darling, 